Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, Lions fans, this is Jesse Cass here for another brand new episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast. The LMU Basketball Podcast is only available here exclusively on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network, and the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Welcome into the show, everybody. Jesse Cass here with you for another episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Thanks once again for tuning in. As always, we have another very good show for you here. Uh, know if you're following us uh, or have been, uh, you can find us on all your favorite directories, uh, Apple Podcasts. If you're here on Apple Podcasts, uh, please rate, review, subscribe. Uh, all the great reviews we've had are, are helping us out a lot as we continue to grow the show, so we appreciate that. But we're also available on any of your other favorite directories, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find all the content on Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. So be sure to check us out on that as well. As we get into another brand new episode to mention here, we had a great guest last week in Anthony Ireland, and we keep that going here with a, a really fun conversation with really one of the, the lifers for LMU basketball and LMU athletics, longtime trainer Keith Ellison. Uh, he just wrapped up his 22nd year with the men's basketball program. He's been with the school for nearly 30. Uh, he is an awesome guy. I've been able to travel and get to know him uh, through my time at LMU. So he has uh, a lot of experience, a lot of history with the program, a lot of stories to tell. Uh, he's just such a great guy. So we're not going to waste any time. It's going to be right now. Here's our conversation with LMU lead athletic trainer for men's basketball, Keith Ellison, here on the LMU Basketball Podcast. I'm now joined by my guest here on the LMU Basketball Podcast. It's the head athletic trainer for the men's basketball team and several other sports across LMU, Keith Ellison. Keith, thanks so much for, for coming on the show. Thank you, Jesse, for having me. And Keith, uh, to say you've been here for a long time is definitely an understatement. It's been a uh, you just finished your 24th year with the basketball team. You've been here even longer for the whole university. You attended LMU. Um, so first of all, just going all the way back to your time as a student, what drew you to LMU uh, to begin with? Well, that's an interesting story how I came to LMU. Um, uh, my senior year in high school, I was down to my three choices was USC, Cal Berkeley, and Loyola. Um, and I remember coming home one day and I told my mom that, I think I'm going to go to Cal. And she goes, where's Cal? And I was like, it's Berkeley. It's in Northern California. She goes, uh, no, I don't think so. And I go, why? <laughs> she said, I already sent your housing deposit to Loyola Marymount University. And um, I don't, I don't, I'm not giving my money away. <laughs> and she goes, also, and it's a religious school, so it might do you some good. So that's how I ended up at Loyola Marymount University. <laughs> Yeah, did you ever imagine when that choice was made for you that you'd be here all these years later and connect with the university like you are? I had no idea. <laughs> I was, I'm surprised now because I just, you know, I'm still on campus and I, you know, drive around campus and I see where I stayed my freshman year, my sophomore year. Um, but things have changed since then. Um, the campus is a lot bigger. Um, we didn't have U-Haul back then, so it ended uh, over there um, behind McKay. That was the end of campus. So. 
but I had a wonderful time here. Um, met great people. Um, still friends with a lot of them that I stayed in Rosecrans with in the dorms. Um, we're still buddies and still talk. So um, my experience here was uh, wonderful. And now that I work here now, um, that's even more exciting. And I got here when I was you know, 18 and haven't left, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good to have that stability. Yeah. Um, and you obviously you graduated in the in the late '80s, and then mm -hmm. were interning here in that time. Of course, Elmi basketball is most well known for that era with the with Bo Campbell and Hank Gathers. Of course, what's your me memory of, of that time and, and just you being around the school during that moment for for Elmi basketball? We overlapped a year, so um, with Hank and Bo, I think there was a redshirt year, so I, I got to meet them then, and then um, we were friends after that. Um, I was more close to Bo than. Um, Hank, but um, Hank was still, I knew of, knew him, yeah. but Bo, you know, we're still friends. I see him, we'll still be excited to see each other. What's up, man? How everything is going? Um, but that was fun to see that, that era. And um, I wasn't working in an athletic training room then. I came in in 1990, that fall after um, Hank's death. So um, I wasn't a part of that as a staff, but just as a alumni and a fan, I was a part of it. I attended the that run. Um, I was in Oakland when they went to the final eight. I was at that game. I actually still had the ticket stub to that game. Oh, wow. At home somewhere in my storage. I came across it about 10 years ago and I was like, oh, I still have it. I have one also, you'll like this, Jesse. I have a, it was interesting that year. I got a program signed by the team. Yeah. So it was a media guide, that smaller version of the media guide, and it has a, about 80% of the guys signed it. Hank and Bo was on there. But oh, wow. I never got to finish it because of that, that unfortunate incident of him passing. But I still have that. I ran across that with the ticket stub. That, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and what was it like just being at that run? You mentioned, obviously, the way the team that, that team played was incredible. The up and down pace, over 100 mm -hmm. points per game. Just seeing that in person, uh, what was that like for you? It was pretty wild yeah. because, <laughs> actually, I kept stats for men's basketball oh, wow. during that era. So you were busy. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> I kept um, rebounds during that time. Um, so it was very um, fast-paced, and you had to really pay attention to what's going on. But it was exciting to see something created that was so successful and how people couldn't adjust to adjust to it. It was really strange on that. You know, mm -hmm. second half, you know, they were first half they were okay, but second half they just couldn't handle it. And it was just that's when the down. scores just just went through the roof. I mean they were in the hundred and twenties and people just were gassed and they couldn't handle it. So it was a interesting concept. <laughs> yeah, no question about it. And and what led uh, to your time in the in the athletic training department uh, after your time as a student? You interned for a bit, and then what led you into the department of sports medicine? I came here. That's an interesting story. I'm full of interesting stories. So basically, I I graduated from Loyola with a business degree with econ minor. I was working at World Savings at the time, and um, Chip Schaefer was the head athletic trainer during that era of Hank and Bo. Yeah, he left and went to the Chicago Bulls. His friend that he went to school with, Chris Tucker, came and filled his position here. Both Chip and Chris were students under Gary Vitti for the Los Angeles Lakers, legendary Gary, yeah. um, at Utah. So they that was their circle, their family. And then I met Chris here one day in Gerson, and you know he introduced himself. I'm like, hey, what do you do? And he goes, oh, I'm a head athletic, the new head athletic trainer. And I was like, okay. And he goes you don't know of the profession? I go, no, not really. And he goes, won't you stop by? 
So I stopped by one day and just shadowed him and saw what he did. And I pretty much quit my job and went back to school um, to get certified and fulfill all the requirements for the certification. And as soon as I was done, passed the exam, he hired me as his assistant. And I've been here ever since. And the rest is history. The rest man. is history. And you, of course, work with more than just the basketball team. For What's your day-to-day -day like working just within the athletic department and for multiple teams around the university? Um, right now, it's worked solely with basketball. Mm -hmm. um, um but I have a lot of administrative duties I have to do. Um, I'm in charge of um, refueling station. I'm in charge of our mental health. I'm in charge of our nutrition, um, assigning our registered dietitian for our student athletes, um, things of that sort. So uh, a lot of administrative duties that I also handle. I will also do rehab for other sports. Mm -hmm. If I'm not busy with men's basketball, knock on wood, I was really good with our men's basketball team this year. Uh, as injury-wise, so I will take on other rehabs from my assistants that if they have um, a heavy load, I will take a few of their rehabs and do them for them. Yeah, and you mentioned the team was, for the most part, very healthy this season. Yeah. And, you know, in years past, we've had some injury-plagued seasons, but this mm -hmm. year, as you mentioned, great job. What are some of the things that you do specifically in injury prevention and just keeping these guys ready and able to keep them on the court? One thing I did was about five years ago, I started thinking about um, how I can change that. Mm -hmm. um, so I pretty much um, a lot of, you know, screenings were out there. So basically I kind of tweaked a lot of those screenings and did my own, created my own screening. So what I do is just I screen the athletes when they get here. So I look for their deficiency, mm -hmm. see how they move. I really big on movement analysis and making sure they move fluently and efficiently. Um, my screening will give me the, give me an idea of what's the, their weaknesses, what I need to work on with them. And from that, I'll create a program directly for that particular athlete. But the focus is basically the lumbar pelvic region, the core, balance training. Mm -hmm. And from that, I kind of branch out because basically a lot of athletes just work on the larger muscle groups. This is more of the intrinsic muscles in that area and, and making sure they're strong. Um, for example, is the glute med. You look at a basketball player and you think that, oh, they're you know strong, et cetera. Then you look at test their glute med and glute medius and it's weak and that's also one of the important muscles for defensive stances and lateral movement so I'll look at that and after screening them get um, all the um, data and then create a program for them um, I think about probably 90% of all our men's basketball players have been through my workouts mm -hmm. um, individually yeah um, so it showed some positive um, results from doing that yeah, and of course we mentioned that you've been here, uh, you know, for over twenty years for the basketball team. Mm -hmm. How much has just the advances in medicine changed and, and helped you through your time to be able to keep athletes on the court? That's interesting. I was in, <laughs> I was talking to someone. It was like, you know, just like what I did for a sprained ankle ten years is not what I do today. Yeah, is the technology has advanced, and but as an athletic trainer, um, you have to keep up with the technology, and that's one of my important things I do. I'm always out there researching new modalities, new techniques that I can add to what I already do. Um, one of those is like the blood flow restriction, mm -hmm. the BFR machine, we added that. And um, that has changed our whole rehab perspective with that machine. Um, and it just advanced our, expedited our recovery um, a lot more than what we did in the past five yeah. years ago. Yeah. Um, and I, that came by on the nights and I read an article um, about that. And it was at that time, it was just used for the military. 
Wow. The BFR is just used for military, and I kind of dropped the article off to our physical therapist, Chris Graham, that I work with, um, and get his thoughts. And he goes, wow, this is interesting. Yeah. So we researched it, ended up getting a unit, and I persuade the administration to get me four. So we have quite a few of them that we use every day in the training room. And uh-huh. that's changed our, our rehab um, perspective. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, and there's a lot of other units I use, but I don't want to share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to keep. I don't want to share all my secrets. You got to keep something yeah. secret. Yeah. It gets my advantages. Uh, uh, but you mentioned you're also in charge, or part of being in charge of mental health, and that's something that it's always been an issue, you know, throughout all of time in athletics. Yeah. But certainly, there's more of a focus on that in recent years. Uh, what have you seen in the change in that department in terms of how mental health is addressed for? For athletes and for athletics, I think in the um, in the past just wasn't a lot of resources for that, mm-hmm. and I think um, a lot of people just couldn't recognize it. Yeah, and now it's being recognized and put out in the forefront that it's important for our student athletes, and um, we are administration here at LMU is very um, proactive in making sure we accommodate and have the necessary means and resources for athletes that are dealing with mental health. So that's a top, that's one of our number one um, topics right now in the athletic department, making sure that we have the appropriate um, protocols um, for our student athletes if they deal with any kind of mental health issues. So that's a hot topic right now. Yeah, no, really important stuff yeah. there. And um on the past, some of the past episodes of this podcast, including last week, we had Anthony Ireland, who I know you're close with. He actually mentioned that you were the one that gave him the call that he made the, the Hall of Fame for LMU. Just what develop, developed into fostering that relationship where you guys are so close now? Um, Anthony, when he first got here, we we um, we hit it off as friends and when, we, when he first arrived. Um, I like his work ethic. Um, he was a hard worker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anything he needed, he would come in and go, Keith, this is what's going on. I need to get this taken care of. He didn't hide anything when he had issues. Like most, some athletes, oh, I want to be tough and, and do this. He was very proactive. Yeah. And we had that conversation. I go, you can come to me with anything and, you know, and make sure we get it done. And I think that's why he did miss a practice or a game the whole. I was going to say, he played the most games in LMU history. Yeah. 132 games and, yeah, never missed a practice. Yeah, but so. he was always in doing his work in the training room. Mm-hmm. He did his extra work. He did the cold whirlpools. He did the flexibility things. Anything that I asked, any kind of rehab, any kind of little nick or anything, a little slight strain, he's in there doing what he needs to do. Right off the bat, he didn't wait and let it progress into a, a serious injury. Um, but he, yeah, he, we had some <laughs> funny times with him too. It's some, some, I just, I just laugh about it right now because I heard his podcast and um, the, um, in Alaska when he cracked his tooth. I mean that, yeah, obviously jumped out for me. <laughs> but I'm, sure, I'm sure you were, you were in the thick of the blood in that one. So I'll yeah. never forget because he was. We were on the court and I was tending to him and he was bleeding and. It, and he, he asked me the question, he goes, uh, is my teeth, is my front teeth there? I go, ah, uh, it's cracked. Um, but, and I go, we can get it fixed when we get home. Do you still want to play? He's like, oh, yeah. So that's how that conversation went on the yeah. court. Let me clean you up a little bit, and then you can keep going, and we'll get this fixed when we get back. Yeah, He's luckily, like, all right, let's go. Luckily, they had the extra jersey on hand, so yeah. he was able to change yeah. and get back out there. And we had a couple of them. With him. He, uh, I don't know if you remember, he was at home that one game he – Injured his finger down below the south basket. And oh, he, yeah. And then I came out on the court, and um, he had a dislocated finger, and we were walking off, and it kind of slid. I put the towel over it, and it slid back in. And he goes, oh, 
that's good. And he goes, can I still play? I go, yeah, you got range of motion. He goes, can you tape it up? Yes, I can tape it up. Okay, so back in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we know we got an x-ray. It was no no um, fracture in there at all. But, yeah. You know, so we had some good times with him. <laughs> He's He was probably the toughest kid I've I was gonna been say, in this program. In terms of all the years you've been here, does it get much much tougher than that? He was a tough. He was probably the toughest. And I had a couple of more. Um, Bateman's pretty tough too. Yeah, James Bateman is. He, he's he's a, he played through some stuff this. Yeah, year. he's up there with him. Uh, if I give it top two, it'd be James Bateman and, and and Anthony Ireland as my two toughest one I experienced here. Yeah, those are two uh, phenomenal players, oh, two of the best yeah. point guards we've seen here in LMU in a long time. <laughs> James was a tough one too. Yeah, and, and what did you see from from this year's team? You mentioned James, twenty two win season, one of the best um, since the, either of us has been here in a long time since that eighty eight eighty or eighty nine ninety team. Uh, what do you see from this year's team where they're able to find that success? I think it's more of um, the players believe in each other. Yeah. Um, they're all close, and they have respect for each other as a team. Yeah. Um, they could tell each other what they need to tell each other, and it wasn't like a personal thing, and they didn't hold any, um, or, you know, um, harbor any ill feelings when they was told. Yeah. I think that was the best part of that as a team. Mm-hmm. I think um, the coaching staff, they blended well with these guys. Um, and I think all that came together. Everybody wanted to work hard and um, for that common goal. And I think um, that was the success of it. And that was my most enjoyable season of all my men's basketball yeah. was this year. This I was mean, a really fun year. It was no question. fun, exciting. Um, the guys go out there and played hard. And the greatest part, you know, you played hard and you got results. That's the greatest thing about that this year. Yeah. It was just so fun and exciting to just do that. You walk on the court and we're going to get this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, And it, it felt extra gratifying for the fact that, you know, of course there were a few seniors that left from last year's team, but it was generally the same group as last year yeah. that won only 11 games and for them yeah. to double that go to 22 was, was yeah. really special and all I mean from 1 to 12 all yeah. of them were great guys I mean all of them you know so and it's rare that you get that yeah 1 to 12 all great guys that you enjoy being with that you laugh with that you you know just have fun with you know just can have a day to day conversation with you enjoy it you know, they stop into my office and just to say hello and just, how's your day going? Doing well. What's going on? I just stopped to say hi. And, you know, so that was the greatest part about this team. Yeah, you really, know. I can attest to that. A, a yeah. great group of guys. And, uh, you know, on that point, you obviously are around them pretty much every day. But, yeah. but when we're on the road, that's kind of amplified. <laughs> yeah. You've had a lot of travel experiences. Yeah. Um, you know, is it? does anything stand out? I mean, there's so many over... I, I have seven years, so I can only oh. imagine you got over over 20 on the road. Well, let me but. do it like... Let me go with this. The funnest trip was when... Um, this is way back when we went to Italy and France a long time ago. That was a fun trip. Spain trip was really good. Foreign trips were really fun. Yeah. I really enjoyed the foreign trips. Um, as in locally or just in the United States, I would say... The Gonzaga trip is always fun just because of atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and we always play tough up there. You know what I mean? We really do give it our – because you have to. Yeah. Um, the Notre Dame win was one of the well, – back then about – what was that, five years ago when we beat Notre Dame at the buzzer? I think it might with, have been eight because Jeff Lampy was Yeah, still Jeff Lampy was – But, a, but I, was, was, I was in the studio here yeah. on campus for that <laughs> one, so I remember that Were one. you a student? <laughs> 
I was. Yeah. yeah. So it might, might have been 10, 11 years, yeah. actually. But, yeah. But that was a great win, that excitement of that game, because it came right down to the wire. And um, the shot, you just, wow. Yeah. That was a great one. Um, I love that one. But um, the travel's fun because the guys are good. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, I still haven't. It's, you know, this is a secret of me. I've been traveling for so many years with athletics. A lot of planes. I'm still not comfortable with flights. <laughs> <laughs> After all these years, yeah. I'm still not comfortable in flights. It's funny. It's, it's something that, yeah, if you're not comfortable, it's, yeah, tough, it's just, tough to get used to. Get to, used but. to but I love the travel. It's fun. You know, I love the road games. Whole different atmosphere. And and what's the the travel like for you from a work perspective? Is it similar to how you're at home in terms of your daily schedule and managing the team, or, or what's it like for you? Uh, same, um, you know, just I have a little man, so you know, yeah, it's he's takes up majority of my time. So, but other than that, this it's similar. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, mentioned this. We talked about Jeff Lampy. We we had him on a little over a month ago as well, and. You know, through his 11 years, he obviously worked with a couple of different coaching staffs, and you've been, mm-hmm. of course, in that same boat. What's it been like to kind of develop those relationships and just find the balance of how each of these staffs work? It's, it's got to be a little different in an adjustment for you. What's that like? Yeah, a lot of people don't ask me that question, but then actually I was thinking about that when, you know, I've been with, this is my seventh head coach. Wow. Um, so I started off with John Olive. Mm-hmm. Then went to Charles Bradley, Steve Aggers, Rodney Tension, Bill Baino for a short period, and then Max Good, and now uh, Mike Dunlap. Yeah. Um, I've had a great relationship with actually all the staffs. That's the one thing um, I'm happy about um, for being in it so long, this longevity in, in this um, men's basketball, is that I had a great relationship with all the head coaches. I, I really did. Um, some, some were funny. Yeah. <laughs> some more serious, but... Um, the I really enjoyed um, John Olive. He was my first coach, but he was he was an East Coast guy, and he yeah. had this deep voice, and he would yell across the off, across the <laughs> Gerson, Keith. He's <laughs> like, oh Lord, what what's going on? He now? knew what he wanted. Yeah. attention. Yeah. And Charles was good. Aggers was good. Uh, Me and Rodney had a really good relationship. Um, Bill Bano, we did have a good relationship over that short period of time. And Max, <laughs> what can you say about Max? He made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. um, and we, I made him laugh, too, because I'm a little unpredictable sometimes. <laughs> Let me not say that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You've been around me, Jesse. Yeah, we, You've been on the buses road with road me, yeah. so you know exactly. I can be very unpredictable. <laughs> so, And Mike has been really good. Um, yeah. I've developed a great relationship with Mike. Um, and we have created something that's a little different from a lot of the other coaches and, and, and where we're going with, with our relationship and how we manage the players and, mm-hmm. and things like that. I give him credit. He lets me do my thing with the, um, with injuries and things like that, and I really appreciate that. Sometimes you can have some coaches that, you know, get on you and uh, but he knows that once they come into my shop, I'm going to get them out and get them back quick as, as I can. Yeah, that trust has to be that, something that, that's huge. That's what we have, and I think that's – that's important. If I was to give anybody a message about um, relationships, that, you know, with staff and and head coaches, is that build a relationship, and then once you get that trust and understanding that you know, I'm 100, 200 percent with you, and you 200 percent with me, then you can't you you can't not be successful in what you're doing, and the players see that. Yeah. That's one thing that people have to understand in athletics is that when you have a say an athletic trainer who's an intricate part of 
the success of teams and keeping people keeping the guys healthy to perform and get wins, you gotta have that good relationship, and, I, and our players know that, and um, that's a, I think that's can that helps us with that success. Yeah, I think that's been evident uh, on the court as we saw yeah. this year, of course, but mm-hmm. uh, you know even in past years as well. Just yeah. I feel like that camaraderie is something that's been there yeah. since kind of since the beginning of that relationship for yeah. you, for you and Mike Dunlap. Yeah, and we joke. People don't know. We joke. <laughs> we joke more than you ever imagined. <laughs> well, you have to, right? It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a long season. It's, yeah. there's, there's a lot of travel, um, but that's kind of the side that I feel like a lot uh, of people don't see. There's a lot of that. That downtime, the bus rides, the you know the trips to the airport, yeah. um, which, which is all encompassing in, in the experience. I think he laughs at the things I say. Like, <laughs> Serious, Keith. <laughs> but yeah, but it's fun. Yeah, no, and along with the uh, you know keeping the coach happy and laughing, I yeah. I feel like you're you're an encyclopedia on these on with the team. You're always talking about the you know the best books out there, the best <laughs> shows. You're, whenever, whenever I need that, I can go to you. I, I feel like that has to be similar for the players as well. Yeah. they um, Actually, you know, a player that asked me for a lot of books was Anthony Ireland. Yeah. I used to give him like a lot of books. I feel like he's always posting about that now. And that's yeah, he has my points. one book that I need to get back from him if he, <laughs> if he listens to this podcast. is Man's Search for Meaning. I gave him my copy that I had. For a long time, he hasn't returned it. <laughs> That's somewhere over in Russia now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Victor Franco, Man's Search for Meaning, and it's like here's a quick read for you, but I haven't gotten it back yet. <laughs> I know you, you, um, you know, you told me about that one as well. So I yeah. remember, remember you talking about that one. So. That's a good one. Um, what what do you see for the program going forward? Obviously, lost a, a couple important seniors, mm-hmm. but good chunk of the guys are coming back. Uh, what do you foresee for for some of the future of LMU basketball? I think it's bright. I mean, um, we have a good core coming back. Um, some really good players still here with experience. I think the key part of that is just having that experience. Yeah. Um, Damian Douglas got a lot of experience as a freshman. Um, and we had Eli coming back and has, you know, been in the program two years. And then we got, you know, the big fellow, uh, Matias, is coming back. Yeah. So I think that's a good core right there. I'm actually working with um, Damian right now to work on some things, fine-tune some things with him right now. He's been with me for about a... Uh, week and a half now. Oh, wow. Going, they already making improvements, and that's what we back to the screening. That's working on some balancing things, working some core strength with him um, to help him with his lateral mo- movement and um, his balance. So he's already started toward his program. He's excited about that. So, yeah, and that's uh, one of the you know he's yeah. a supreme athlete already. Yeah. So that can only help his game yeah. go to the next level. And I told him, I go, I mean, you know, you you athletically you're you know you're very gifted in that, but. There's a little some things we can help you with on that too to make it even better, and that's what he's working on right now. He works hard. He works with me for about an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah. So, and, and you mentioned some of the guys, or, or all of these guys, are very receptive to to the training and just oh, yeah. kind of the techniques that you have. Have you ever had any trouble getting guys to buy into that, or has that has it always been a smooth experience? Um. Well, you know my personality, Jesse. You know, <laughs> I'll convince them that they need to do it. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you do. They have some um, some pushback. I think the most of the pushback when they get in here and see how hard it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they'll. Then yeah. I. Then we have the issue because I need to make sure they come back. And they're yeah. like, oh. But like, yeah. Can you give me an easier program. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think that's where I have most of the difficult. Most of them would come on in because they they're excited about doing it. But once they get in here and they go. Oh my lord! I didn't know it was this hard, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I think that's where that comes back. But no, they're really good because they see the benefits of another player. Mm-hmm. The great thing about a program is that 
if they see the benefits of someone else that done the program and how they uh, benefited from it, it most likely you're going to come in and do it because you want that same success. Yeah, of course. And so that's that's the easy part. You yeah. know, like Damien's like, you know, at the end of the season, I'm going to work with you. You know, when we're done, you take a break and we'll get going, get back into business. And and get ready get for back to season. work, yeah. man. Get ready, yeah. <laughs> And he's already timed it out. Oh, I can get some time here, then in the summer. And so he's already excited. Yeah, so. and as I said, that bodes, bodes well for the mm-hmm. future of the program and the guys yeah. are bought in like that. Uh, we mentioned that you obviously are here as a student, a long time as a trainer. You've also worked uh, as a faculty member in teaching uh, here at LMU. <laughs> what, what, what's that been like for you, or what was that like for you? Well, a lot of people don't know that part about me. Is I, I taught for 20 years. and yeah. First I started in the dance department teaching kinesiology for them, and then I moved over to... Um, human health and science and taught kinesiology and biomechanics for over 20 years. Wow. And a lot of my students, um, actually Anthony Ware is a physical therapist that also comes into the training room on Tuesday, Thursday. He was a student of mine. And a lot of them go on to be physical therapists, et cetera. That's so, got to be really cool to see yeah. people that you've taught and, yeah. you know, directly affected to, to yeah. follow in that same Yeah, path. I did that for 20 years. <laughs> people don't know because I don't really say much about, you know. Yeah. But, um... That was fun. I enjoyed that because you're directly, you know, helping kids at their at their ground root level, and then yeah. you see them go on, like you said, get their doctorate in PT and go on to be physician assistants and stuff like that. That's fun to see that. And, and LMU seems to be a, a pretty close knit family in that regard, with with athletes and, and students. And um, have you kept those relationships with some of the guys that have you know graduated and gone on? Uh, to come back and see you after a number yeah. of years. Well, there's a few that still come back. Vernon Teal, you remember him? Of course, yeah. He always come back and see me when he after, in the summers. If you have any issues, he'll text me or he'll come in and have me look at him, make sure everything's fine with him, getting my advice. Some guys I just see, like Robin Curtsy, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he's um, He comes to a lot of games, and he's a local businessman now. He owns a lot of businesses around in the L.A. area, so I, he, I keep in touch with him. Um, Anthony Ireland, um, Deji, I see him at games uh, periodically. Yeah. Um, so many. <laughs> well, well, a lot, a lot of years, well, racked yes. up, as you said. And they'll all pop up at you know when we had different places and on the road, and I'll see them. So um, those names just pop up that I you know see consistently. But. Yeah, and we mentioned the travel. Uh, ha- has it ever been a time in your LMU career where at the airport you didn't get the question of what is LMU when we're, when we're walking behind t-shirts? No, I always get that. <laughs> What's that, Louisiana Monroe? Yeah. Where, no, the question is, is always, where's LMU? Okay. Yeah, it, it's funny when we get that at LAX. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's five minutes it's, that it's, way. It's just north of the airport here. Yeah. Hey, I didn't know where LMU was when I was, a, I grew up in Los Angeles. Yeah. When I first came to LMU, I didn't know where exactly where it was. Yeah, it's a, you know, for people that yeah. you know, are on a different coast or even just yeah. a different part of the town, it can be something that you're not aware of. And a lot of people on the east side of L.A. don't really come on the west side that yeah. much and, and know it because people understand uh, LMU's tucked up in the Westchester communities. Yeah. And when I was here, there was no Lincoln entrance. There was only 80th. Only so that was the only, way. yeah, there was no bluff. I mean, the inner from U-Haul because yeah. U-Haul was... Um, um, Hughes Aircraft at that time and Raytheon yeah. before we bought it, before the school purchased it. So yeah. that was the only interest into the school. So you never, you couldn't see LMU from a street level like you see other universities. You have to come into the community to really see it. Yeah. Unless and you saw LMU on the bluff driving on the on the Marina Freeway there. 
and things, so, as you said, they've changed uh, over the number of years you've been here. Even from the time when I was a student, Playa Vista was just being built. It didn't really exist when I was a student then, so that that's a whole other town now that exists right yeah. under. We've seen this whole area kind of... Well, I aged myself. When I was here, they still had the runways for Howard Hughes down there. Yeah. The runways are still there. And it's wild. Yeah. yeah. And it, there was really nothing around LMU when I was here. No, they, they've definitely, it's been a yeah. gradual build. Even, like I said, about 10, 10, 12 years ago, it was still just starting to get yeah. built up. And you now, dropped down Lincoln on, back when I was here, it was pretty dark. Yeah. <laughs> on Jefferson, over the, where Playa Vista is now, oh, yeah. that stretch was pretty dark. Yeah. There was nothing there. Once those lights went out down there, it was just street lights, and I said there was no Home Depot down there. There was nothing. There was nothing. Yeah. nothing. Just a stretch of road. <laughs> yeah, just nothing. <laughs> And you mentioned briefly before, uh, you of course have your son, Mason. Um, how has that affected just your, your work schedule and your work balance and, uh, and just your life balance with uh, taking care of your, your young son? Oh, that's easy because he loves it here. <laughs> he knows <laughs> so all he can the, just be around. Oh, yeah, he knows all the players. He knows their names, their numbers. They love him um, every time they see him. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's, it's a good thing. Now yeah. he knows all the baseball players, so... This is like his second home. Someone, somebody told me the best playground for a kid is a university. Yeah. And that's this is one of his major playgrounds is coming up here, walking around campus, you know, so he gets to see all the players. Um, right now, he there's no other school he's going to but LMU, but, you know, we'll see how that goes as time goes. Because, <laughs> you know, he's good friends with all the players, good friends with the coaching staff. He, you know, Coach Dunlap, he loves Mike. I mean, he loves Molly. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean. So he knows everyone. That's that's his life, and that's his. You know, he's there. He goes to the WCC tournament. That's his big deal every year. Yeah, he wants to be there and be and see the the, the tournament, see the team. So that's his. He knows everything about it. So it's easy with that. Yeah. So, and, and you mentioned uh, with the Notre Dame win, that was one of your favorite moments on the road and mm-hmm. traveling. Uh, does anything? I know it's hard to break it down after you know seeing so much, but does anything pop up as other favorite moments in your time? Oh, the Boise State with um, James Bateman. Just this past season. Yeah, yeah. that was spectacular, man, on that one. You can't beat that one. Um, They all start running together, though, Jesse. You know. Oh, that one Gonzaga win. You remember um, it was during Good's era? Anthony Ireland, they beat... We beat Gonzaga at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that was a fun one. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a fun with, one with uh, Ashley Hamilton. Yeah. and that team. Yeah, that was a good one. And the BYU win at BYU with that mm-hmm. Anthony Ireland team. Yeah, that that, was, that year in particular, they, yeah. they were kind of had the road warrior. Yeah, moniker with yeah. BYU win, St. Mary's win on the road. Just yeah. a lot of those. Um, you know, we mentioned before we talked to Jeff Lampy, and he was the announcer for the WCC tournament with the. The missed layup at the buzzer. What, what, was, what was your recollection of that one? Where 2006, I believe, where the team was. Where at Gonzaga? Yeah, about I was that at, close to the NCAA actually. Tournament. I was at the, end of, at the end of the bench, and I was at a great view of the of the missed layup. Yeah, and I was just sitting there going, "Dunk it!" <laughs> <laughs> I looked when the when the pass went up. I thought he was just going to turn around and dunk it because it was Chris Ayer. Yeah, I thought he was just going to dunk it, and then it rolled off, and I was like, "Oh my lord." Yeah. What, what was the, I, I mean, I'm sure devastated, but just the locker room and, and just kind of yeah, that, that group a, and, and that how that experience was. That was a devastating one. I just remember just sad because that was a tournament. 
Yeah, that, that would have been the first one since '90. Yeah, now, and two, you got in what the write-up would have been beating Gonzaga at Gonzaga, mm-hmm. you know, and they were they had Morrison there. They yeah, had, they had him, and he that was just shocked the world. On and that, and that turned out to be the Morrison UCLA. That yep, was the same that was year. Same year, yep. Yeah. And they ended up, you know, with that devastating loss. Um, that was a tough one, um, but that's the way though. That's basketball, that's sports. Yeah. And mentioned some of the relationships you've made. Uh, John Schaefer was here for for 17 years yeah. for a really long time. Uh, he was the one who really gave me my start. But you guys were always really close. What was that relationship like for you? When, oh, when we're you still close together? today. So you know, he he moved away. He's up in Washington, but um, he's like a brother to me. Um, I miss him, you know, because he was on the road with me for so many years. Yeah. Um, but we're still close. We still talk. Um, whenever he's in town, we'll go to lunch or dinner or something like that. But yeah, he he's a cool guy, um, cool guy. So, but you know, people move on. Yeah. But um, as long as you can stay in touch, man. Um, yeah, no going. question. And and you know, what what's your or how long do you plan to to work here at LMU? <laughs> I know that can be an open ended question. That's a lot. Um, just finished my. This will be my 29th year. Well, first um, of all, congratulations on oh, that thanks. time. That's incredible. How long? <laughs> you know, a lot of people ask me that question now. I don't know. I don't That's know. a good thing, though. They're asking just because of yeah. how impressive it is. Yeah. yeah. I, I got a lot in me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just put it that way. I can go. I can. I can still go. Yeah. No, that, that's, uh, there's. There's no doubt about yeah. that. I can still go. Um, I can still do it. Well, Keith, this has been. Uh, it's been really fun. Uh, as I said, we'll definitely. Uh, stay in touch as the uh we look forward to future success here at lmu but you've always been a big part of it and just really happy you could uh, join me here on the podcast today thank you for having me big thanks once again to keith ellison for coming on the show and thank you once again for tuning in here on the lmu basketball podcast on the believe podcast network know that if you like the show please subscribe uh rate us five stars and review no, you can also find us on all your favorite directories, as we said at the top of the show, Apple, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. And you can also follow along at Believe.com, where you can also take a look at some of the other great shows, really everything in the L.A. area covered, uh, and much more than that as well. Some some music podcasts, delving into to K-pop, um, golf, baseball, basketball, football. It's all covered here on the Believe Podcast Network, so go check those out as well. Be sure to also follow me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Cass for any and all up updates on LMU basketball. Uh, and thanks again for tuning in. As we said, uh, really enjoy doing this show and having you follow along. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. We'll keep it going. And once again, big thanks to Keith Ellison. So that's going to do it for this week's edition of the LMU basketball podcast. Know that if you're listening to the LMU basketball podcast, you can only hear it here in the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our L.A. teams. Do you believe? Go Lions! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.